I'm ready. Um, so I was I was watching your video on the cross connect yesterday. Oh yeah. And that's one of my resets, but I have both feet on the ground when I do it instead of one foot on the wall. You're doing Can a you hook explain? line. You're doing a hook line. Yeah, I'm doing the hook line. Yes. Can you explain the difference between yes. those two and what's what's going on there? Oh, okay. Yes, I can explain the difference. Okay. So um, the the hook line version. Typically, the reason that we're going to use the hook line version, we got to put you in a space that's available to you. And, and so if you have any degree of anterior orientation, so your, your weightlifting background sort of put biases you in a certain direction, you're going to have a certain degree of anterior orientation, which is going to limit um, how, how much uh, hip internal rotation you're going to have. So you need to have enough internal rotation to put the foot on the wall. So that's, that's a, an extended uh, representation. Um, it's still an early propulsive representation, but it's closer, much closer to um, uh, middle. And so you have to have a lot more internal rotation to superimpose. And so if you don't have enough, we got to use a hook line version. That's a space that you now have available to you. And so it's it's an earlier representation of the of the extremity all the way up. So if you took if you took the long leg version of the video that you saw and you stood it up, okay, and then you take take your hook line version and stood it up, you would see that there'd be more bend in your hip, right? right? Okay. Right. So that's going to be a much earlier representation um, uh, from the foot on upward. Um, that would be this, the most significant difference in, in the, the, the two. And it, it mostly has to do with like, where do you have space available to you? Okay. Um, right. And so that's why we, like, we start a lot of people in, in a hook line position because they just don't have the range of motion available to them, but that's how you capture the range of motion, right? We get you an early representation. You start to superimpose more, more internal rotation um, on top of your, your externally rotated representation. And then we can, uh, in many cases, we can take that hook line, we do that first, we get the range of motion and we can go right into the, the, um, the supine cross connect, which is the foot on the wall. So it's just a matter of, of how much how much internal rotation do you have available to you? Right. Okay. That makes sense because I don't yeah. have that. <laughs> <laughs> Got well, it. You've been pulling weights off the floor for a long time. So I know. I know. Can't help it. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just it's a it's a matter of recognition and then understanding your superpowers. Right. Okay. So when you understand your superpowers, it, it just guides you as to what you need to um, uh, protect yourself. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Zach. Good morning. Greetings. Um, sure. So actually Monica's questions will be a good segue into mine. I think it's gonna be very similar. Um, so exercise selection based off the chessboard, um, but going off what you said that the initial chessboard is there to show you the space that you have available to you in that present moment. And then also to kind of get an idea of where you are in space. So like where you want to drive the expansion, the overcoming strategies is the goal with the setup to be like as close to the border or like your end available end range. So that if it, like, let's say we're doing just like a static breathing um, is the goal to be as close to that end range of what you can do without orienting as possible so that any subsequent breaths kind of like drive like a wave of expansion and are basically expanding the joints 
right on that limit of what you have or like I'm trying to figure out like the mechanics of the breath and like influencing the change that you're getting to then unlock your potential for like the next exercise. Okay. So step one, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to speak in old terms. Um, you, you have a, you have a patient that's minus 30 degrees of hip extension. Okay. Yeah. And then they've got, huh? Got that yesterday. Okay. And then you're, you're measuring hip flexion and, uh, um, they're, they got 75 degrees of hip flexion. Okay. That means they have a very limited space that you can actually access. If you do any exercise outside of that range, okay, you, you have to assume a compensatory strategy to get there. So I have to select an activity that is in that space. Okay. When I, when I take an effective breath, not a compensatory breath, okay? All right, that's going to promote uh, the expansive strategy, okay? Throughout the axial skeleton and into the extremity based on the contact of the distal aspect of that extremity, okay? So I'm putting them in a space where they can expand where they do have, so they don't have to use a compensation to find the ER. So is it just giving them, the, they have the ability to expand there because there's no superficial compensatory strategies layered on top. So it's- Right, I didn't, if, if I don't use a compensation to get there, I am in a space of relative motion. It's not full relative motion because I know they don't have full relative motion because my chess board told me so, but it did tell me where they do have some, okay? So then just speaking specifically to the inhale, we're like, that's, that's what's gonna be driving the expansion. Is that literally just, you've put them in a position where they have relative motion available and the breath just makes them bigger in that area. Like it pushes on the bones and the joints to- Okay, so, so you're, you're, you're doing that, right? Right, okay. So relative motion allows a wave to propagate through the system. Okay, I am make, so my breath is making a wave to the extent that I have space. As long as I stay in a relative position, the expansion will be allowed. That's, you have to kind of look at it. It's like, I'm not putting myself into a space where I'm squeezing myself. I don't have to squeeze, right? And then if you've ever noticed, like when, when you have somebody doing something static and then you're, you're driving um, the breathing on top of it, it's like the first set kind of not great. Stinks. Well, but, but it, so, they, so they have to learn, right? Yeah. They have to understand that it's like, you're in a safe space to allow this to happen. So the system has to, has to learn, right? It has to, to behave differently because it's been using a strategy and you're just teaching it that it no longer needs that strategy because you're in a space where it can move, okay? Assuming, assuming constraints are intact and, and you have access, you have potential access to normal relative motion. Gotcha. It's a feedback. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I... 
I feel like I've asked this, but I'm, I'm just not sure if I got the answer. Okay. So it, the breath is giving you expansive capabilities within the range that you have it and the cyclical motion of the wave is going to expand and compress and move. Right. It, but okay. But understand that that's a sensation. Yes. Okay. So that sensation moves through the system and then it feeds back. So, so you're, you're taking in the sensory input. Okay. And, and then that sensory input is processed and then that tunes the, the behavior. Right. To, to so, the like, so, the, so, so the muscle says, oh, I don't need to be creating so much tension. The muscle starts to let go of the tension. The connective tissues start to behave appropriately relative to that, that degree of muscle tension. Right. That's why this is a learning process. It's like you're not you're, you're, you're not increasing strength. You're not increasing flexibility by by traditional definitions. But but you but you will have a resultant that would produce more force and allow more motion to occur because again it's it's a cycle of the system recognizing a sensory input and then behaving appropriately under the circumstances so you're creating a context that allows the system to make a change good morning happy tuesday i have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect all right we are back from vacation um, not necessarily fully rested. One of those vacations where you sort of need another vacation to recover from, but we had a great time and we are ready to dig into a very busy Tuesday. Um, so we're going to go straight into today's Q&A. Um, this is another segment uh, of a podcast I did recently with um, Connor Harris. And uh, Connor asked about rolling activities. I get a lot of questions about rolling activities. Um, rolling is nothing new. You'll see it in any number of exercise systems or treatment systems. PNF comes to mind um, right away. Um, but where it's valuable for a lot of people that, that may not have a, a scope of practice that includes manual therapy is that it's very useful in promoting shape changes. And so we talk a little bit about that in this conversation. Um, for those of you that are looking for examples, I would guide you to my YouTube channel where you'll get all different representations of rolling activities there. So, so put that to good use. And then it'll get, as always, if you have questions, go to askbillhartman at gmail.com. If you would like to participate in a 15 minute consultation um, with me, please go to askbillhartman at gmail.com and put 15 minute consultation in the subject line so I don't delete it. Please include your question in the email. Um, everybody have an outstanding Tuesday and I will see you tomorrow. So one thing that I've seen a lot and is getting really popular on the internet, I think much in thanks to you is rolling patterns. And that's something I, we use in the gym all the time. They're really successful and they get some really good outcomes. I was just wondering if you guys, if you could give us an overview for what these rolling patterns kind of are and when you would choose maybe an upper versus a lower body lead. Okay. Um, as much as I would take credit for influence, it's like, um, since the beginning of humankind, rolling patterns have been around, my friend. So, so let's not let's not, you know, give give too much credit here. Um, you know, it's it's one of the reasons that one of the reasons that babies do this so early is because it's necessary. So, when I talk about movement, I talk about shape change, and 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 propulsion. And so, rolling is a a representation of propulsion, which means it requires shape change. In fact, it's this exact same shape change that we would use for any 
form of propulsion, propulsion being in most cases, most cases, moving across the ground in a forward direction, okay? So if we're talking about crawling or walking or running, all of those things um, are, are very similar in their representations in regards to the shapes that are necessary, the force production that is required. And so again, one of the reasons babies evolve this, this skill or strategy is because they have to learn how to change shapes so they can eventually be capable of walking with some measure of proficiency. And so, so that's one of the reasons why would we use it in the first place. Um, if you go back into like scoliosis literature in the 1920s, you're gonna see rolling behaviors. If you see stroke rehab, you're gonna see rolling behaviors. If you go back into PNF, which is 1940s when that evolved, um, you're going to see rolling behavior. So it's like, this is nothing new, nothing spectacular, other than looking at it from the perspective of, as, as I would say, the, the shape change in propulsion. And it gives us an opportunity to promote those changes that are necessary for people to move through space more effectively and more efficiently. So people that I see and I see a broad spectrum. So I'll see anything from like a fitness client to a professional athlete to somebody that's dealing with a pain related issue. And what we tend to see when people are, are incapable of moving effectively or efficiently or without discomfort, we see a limitation in their ability to change shapes. And so in many cases, um, these people need help. So they need a sensory input. They need a, they need a pressure um, that needs to be applied. They need a shape change. So when you lay on the ground, you spread out against the ground. And so that gives us some measure of compression applied by the ground, expansion of our body over top of it. And so again, all we're doing is promoting shape change that is going to be useful for us to acquire the appropriate shape for us to do something else um, and hopefully with, without discomfort, with an effective strategy that allows us to be efficient, effective, forceful when we need to be, et cetera. So there's nothing like, again, I, I hesitate to even remotely think this, this is kind of special. The advantage here um, is, uh, are you, are you a, you're a coach, right? You, you're not like a hands-on therapist of any kind. Okay. So how do you do manual, manual therapy? I don't. Okay, but you can, if you understand the principles associated with, okay, how do I need to change shape? What shapes do I need? And then you can actually select a rolling behavior because again, all manual therapy is, is an applied sensory input. And so in many cases, many of the strategies that would use from a manual therapy perspective are just compressive or expansive. And so there you go, guess what? Now you have a way that you can actually influence the shape of somebody um, to allow them to move more effectively. Again, understanding how these strategies are applied, you use the ground and you use gravity and you use the mushy stuff that people are made out of that allows them to change shapes. So now you do have a way to influence this. Um, so again, it's just, it's an adjunct to what I already do. So if I'm applying a manual therapy to someone that is useful and successful and buys us a window of opportunity for us to change their movement behaviors in a favorable way, I can't follow them home. I mean, I suppose I could, but it'd kind of be kind of weird. But so, so I need a way for them to produce this input that they would have maybe difficulty with on their own, and I can use a rolling behavior to, to influence that favorably, have them by their own window of opportunity, and then maybe make another activity or exercise even more effective in this process. And so we can accelerate this thing. So again, 
it, it alleviates me of, of some of the limitations that are associated with this isolated treatment that I might do in the, in the new white purple room. And then they can take this home. And then, like I said, they have a, a similar strategy. So what we're gonna do then is we're gonna have to identify what, the, what this behavior needs to be. And this is gonna determine what type of rolling we, we're gonna do. And so um, this could be like forward rolls, shoulder rolls, backward rolls, partial rolls, um, movements from middle propulsion outward, movements from early, movements from late. And so again, each, each one of these strategies can be applied based on, on the patient or the client's needs under those circumstances. So um, you, you, you wanna distinguish between upper and lower? Yeah, like, like keeping it relatively basic, like if you were to start with an upper or a lower body. Yeah, okay. So, so one of the easiest ways to see this is, is to, to start directly on your side. Okay, so let's just say that you could be perfectly positioned on your side, okay, which is virtually impossible, but let's just say for the sake of argument, okay, so you got, let's just say you're on your right side, so you got, you got your right side down, and so your, your body mass is going to push down into the ground, because gravity works, right, and it's going to kind of smush you out front to back, so right away, so, so the people that we talk about that have a lot of superficial muscle activity, and they get compressed front to back, immediately they gain expansion anterior to posterior by putting somebody on their side. And we know this, there's, there's, there's literature that supports all of this. And then, like I said, gravity pushes down, that gives us a mushy spot on the ground, and that allows us to promote shape change. And then what we have to decide is um, what shape change do we want? And so let's just say that we were trying to move somebody into a late propulsive strategy. So a late propulsive strategy would be an externally rotated representation with a superimposition of internal rotation that, that goes from the top down. So this is like somebody that's pushing off the ground, okay? So if you were standing on one foot, if you're standing on your left foot, you'd be standing in middle propulsion. If you step forward with your right foot, the left foot would be in a late propulsive representation. So that's what we're trying to promote. Okay, and so if we're trying to do that from this dead on sideline representation, what I would want to do is I would want to lead with, with the upper body under those circumstances because the top down mechanics would be represented. So this would be me moving into an ER representation with the internal rotation superimposed from the top down. So again, it matches the, the, the mechanical representation of, a, of an element of propulsion. So that's, that's the shape that we would want. So we want a little bit more compression on the backside, a little bit more expansion on the front side, and then this is what allows us to move forward. So that's step one. So that's your upper body rolling behavior. Okay, now let's go back to this perfect imagined sideline representation. Now let's just say that I'm trying to create a delayed representation. So this would be um, if you're standing on both feet, you took a step forward with your left foot and you landed on your left foot. So now the forces are actually coming up from the ground into the body. And so now I need to absorb that internal rotation and I need to have an expansive uh, externally rotated representation to superimpose that internal rotation on. So internal and external rotation are always there. They're always super superimposed until they become the same thing, but that's a different story. And that's the delay. So, so we're now creating a delay strategy. Okay. Now here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. When I was laying on my right side and I initiated that late representation um, with the left side of my body, the right side was actually in a delay strategy. So right away, I've got a delay and, and, and I've got an overcome, but, but for consistency purposes. So if I'm trying to emphasize a, a delay strategy, let's just say on the left side, 
this time. Um, I'm going to initiate that with the, with the lower body because again, that represents the internally rotated mechanics coming from the, from the lower part of the body upward. So again, the mechanics would match. So now I can roll in both directions, but I might have to roll differently I might have to initiate it differently because if, if I split the body down into right and left halves and I say, I always want a late strategy on this side and I always want a, an early strategy on this side, now I know how to initiate my roles. And that allows the, the client to understand, it's like, okay, you get to roll in both directions, that's fine. But when you roll this way, I want you to do the upper body lead. When you roll this way, I want you to do the lower body lead. And that's way, that way there's no interference with the, the intended outcome because most, uh, problems arise because we create our own interference, right? If we don't understand the, the mechanical influences that are going into a movement, we tend to do a lot of things that, like I said, we just get in our own way. And so again, this is a great way for us to understand how to not do that. And so again, it's just a matter of understanding a little bit about the shape change, a little bit about the propulsive uh, behaviors, and then matching the activities um, to those behaviors. Yeah, it's really interesting how similar it is to walking when you. Really it is walking. So, yeah. so, yeah. so, hang on. So, let's, so let's 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 get this let's get this concept out of the way. Walking is a form of propulsion. Mm -hmm. Okay, rolling is not walking. Rolling is a form of propulsion. Crawling is a form of propulsion. Okay, so if you look at it from that concept, that's why the mechanics are the same. So the shape change that's associated with rolling is exactly like walking. If you understand what those mechanics are, if you're crawling across the ground, you have to use the exact same mechanics, right? So, so again, it's like it's like it's not like walking. It's just that walking and rolling and crawling and all of those other behaviors that get us across the ground in a forward direction are the same. They have to be the same, otherwise it wouldn't work because we have constraints. We have a physical structure of constraints that limits us to certain strategies. And so we only have a, a few ways to do things. And so you're kind of stuck with it. So if you understand what propulsion is, you understand what the shape change is, then you'll see like, oh, it's not just similar, it's the same. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Good morning, happy Wednesday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is Perfect. All right. Today's Wednesday. That means that tomorrow's Thursday. That means tomorrow, 6 a.m. Coffee and Coaches Conference call is back after taking a week off for a little bit of vacation. So kind of pumped up about this one already. A little bit of pregame. Feel a little bit of pregame. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to tomorrow morning. So grab yourself a cup of coffee. Please join us. Great Q&A. Great people. Great coaches. Um, digging into today's Q&A. Um, this is kind of a case study that, that Alec brought up with a wide ISA individual. So very useful for those of you that are still a little um, unclear as to the tendencies of your wide ISA individuals as to trainable spaces. One of the things we have to start to recognize is that people uh, come to us with compensatory strategies. They have superficial compression. So this was a big, a big element of, of Alex's questioning is he had somebody that was very, very compressed anterior to posterior. So the superficial musculature squeezes you front to back. And what that does is it moves the available trainable space away from midline. So we have trainable spaces that are away from midline. We have compensatory spaces um, that, are, that are in front of us at this point. And so we have to be very wise in our choices of activities to avoid compensatory strategies that can lead to um, more compression or discomfort or potential injury. And so, so we talk Alec uh, through um, a series of activities 
and and clarify some of the the uh, spaces in which this person can actually move and train safely. So very useful for a lot of people. Thank you, Alec. Uh, if you would like to participate in a 15-minute consultation, please go to askbillhartman at gmail.com. Askbillhartman at gmail.com. Put 15-minute consultation in the subject line so I don't delete it. We'll arrange that at our mutual convenience. Everybody have an outstanding Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., coffee and coaches conference call. I have many questions. The the one I would like to focus on a little bit is for a client of mine uh, with whom I had, fortunately, time for a rather thorough chess board um, yesterday. And now I'm... I'm I was successful at trying at getting some relative motion back within the session, but uh-huh. I kind of have no clue about what my next step is. Or actually, I do have a few ideas, but I just want to kind of walk through my rationale and have that be a little enhanced, maybe. Sure. Um, so what I say, um, like, probably very very dirty straight leg race because we started with zero i like zero ir on the right leg and at 90 degree right and uh, 10 on the left both leg 90 degrees of e, uh, er oh boy yes uh, and then like a straight leg raise of like 70 80 uh ish on both sides i was like again there's there's no way in hell that's happening no way yeah Uh, flat is back in the world as soon as you put him like you put him on his back just like prior to the test like he he has his like big toe pointing to each walls like in a way that would be painful like i'm watching that i'm like i got you i guess what's up with your bones man what's up with your hip socket but whatever (laughs) and i i i heard you on a podcast recently meant talking kind of like the the terminator scene you know where it's kind of like he's getting very compressed (laughs) like all the sockets are kind of going out yeah that's where his motion is Anyway, what I did with him, uh, very, very basic stuff, just like from uh, like uh, lower body rolling, uh-huh. going from uh, from supine to prone, um, which went kind of okay. And just some quadruped breeding, like very classical, just just like reach, get some some anterior expansion. Um, and with that, we, we did gain IR um, on both legs and a little bit on the left shoulder. And that's all we had time for. So I'm like, okay, cool. Now I have to write a program for him. Um, is, this a, is this a wide ISA? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like very wide. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Like, yeah. like a, something like that, you know? Like it's. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and, and very, very like compressed from what it's looking like um so that's why i wasn't sure with the rolling if i was just not better of like just going for maybe something inside lying with motion from front to back so he just actually spend more time getting this uh like interior to posterior expansion back so that's where i'm at i'm trying like okay cool we got a little bit of of uh ir back eventually i guess i would like to see the er numbers to drop so that I can get like, I was like, oh, that's nice. Like your sockets have a total 100 degrees available. That's kind of cool. Cause it is like uh, early fifties, I think. And like 
a few injuries uh, in the past. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, that's not damage, just mal-oriented or like very outward. So I'm, I'm just like, how do I work him back in? Like, like left side rack carry came to mind just because there's seem to be greater. Remind me, you don't do manual therapy? Nah, I'm not allowed. Okay. All right. No, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So um, I'm thinking like cross connects, um, some, nah. I don't think you have space for that yet. Okay. Even in no clawing? Uh, it, it's it's going to be really, it's going to be a toughie. Okay. okay? Um, based on based on the way that you're describing this. Okay. okay. Like when you've got, if you've got 90 degrees of ER and no IR, um, I don't think you have enough space in front of him at all. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So hang on. So if you put him in quadruped, mm -hmm. you're putting him in a space that he does not have. So he's going to compensate to get there. So you're going to see some scapular elevation that you don't want. Um, that's going to create some IR in the lower cervical. So you're compressing dorsal rostral space. You're going to compress the lower cervical spine. You're going to pick up some IR, but chances are you're going to still have to create the ER. Okay. Because okay. again, you, you didn't change the orientation of the, of the acetabulum or the glenoid. Okay. So quadruped so, is too narrow for him. There you right go. Now. Okay. <laughs> so hang on, hang on. This is going to get yep. interesting. This is going to get really interesting. Go ahead, boss. Okay. Where does he have space, my friend? Like over there. So, so scoop back away from the camera for a sec and then turn yourself a little sideways, a little bit sideways to the camera. Okay. Something like so, that. So bring your arm up to shoulder level. Okay. Elbow, elbow at shoulder level high. Okay. So he doesn't have that space. Okay. Just FYI. Okay. So if you are prone, if you're, if you're face down. Yes. Okay. And you brought your, so bring your elbow slightly forward about 30 degrees. Good. And then bring your hands closer to your face, but keep your elbows out. Closer to, uh, that, that's the side of your head, closer to your face. So it's in front of you. Okay. Ah, there you go. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay. Do you understand what, I, what you just did? I think I did. I do. Like, I, 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 I just went where he has relative motion. Yes. Okay. Yes. And from okay. there, could hey, it hang be? Hang on. Okay. Un momento, por favor. Okay. All right. Where you apply force to the ground, okay, where you apply force to the ground matters, okay? Jordan Velez, listen to me, okay? Where you apply force to the ground matters. How you apply mm -hmm. force to the ground matters, okay? So when we talk about positioning a foot, what are the, what are the contacts that, just, that I talk about incessantly? Um, in we talk about the, the foot. We yeah, talk about talking about the foot, like base, uh, first mid head and like base of the inner heel, right? Awesome. Okay. Where, where is his first met head and where is his heel in the, in the position that I just showed you? Um, what would be in contact with the ground through the upper extremity? Like him in, in. Jack, do you want to say it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Let's like, like, might... like the base of the thumb. No, close, but no cigar. You're, you get, you're, you're in the, you're in the ballpark. But it's, it's the, the base of the, 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 the first mid head, right? Oh, the elbow. Okay. Heel. Say it, Ian. Like, like the inner part of the busy form. 
Those two points of contact on the ground, okay? Got it? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, all right. You understand? Um, yeah, yeah, it just, it just makes sense that like this is, this is too narrow. We gotta go out a little bit. Now trying to figure that in terms of lower body activity, because one of the things we were, I think we were successful with compared to um, him prior to let's say the last eight week of training was that we we did do a lot of front foot uh, elevated split squat trying to kind of just with the understanding like you we want to shove you backward mm -hmm. um, and we did have a we started with like a you know a Jefferson setup to kind of create a turn on on both sides and well okay. looking back probably that was too demanding so now I was say, does of... he does he have that turn that's the question mark right yeah the um, the like i mean his... i love i love i love a jefferson split squat but but if they don't have the turn all you're doing is creating the orientation yeah so which is why i'm kind of going back now to what would i do with that like um like would I go with a, like a, some kind of diagonal setup with a lunge? Like I'm trying to see, or I you uh, is that where a very wide stance with heel elevated uh, squat would be? See now you're now you're getting my attention. Okay, so oh, okay, wonderful. So if if you got him in prone on elbows, right? Yeah. What's the same orientation of the lower extreme? I guess I could have him go like kind of big toe and inner knee. Um, if you're going to do like, prone, I was, I was thinking more of like the gym stuff. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When okay, you're talking yeah, about yeah. like a wider stance squat. Okay, I tell, I, okay, I tell you, asked me to figure out where his, okay, oh, never mind. That's, that's I, I misunderstood the question. <laughs> I mean, that's fine too. I'm okay with that. But what I want you to think about is like, just think about the orientation that he's got. Like, like you just have to start people where they have, we can go all the way back to the, <laughs> the beginning of this call where we were talking about the hook line position with, with yeah. um, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, where do I have the space available to me? So if I got a compressed wide ISA, I know the space is out here somewhere. It's like, well, guess where you got to go. Okay. Right? And so yeah, then with, boss. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. So now think about how much space he has to turn. Okay. Not a lot, right? But there is some, but there is some. So now you got to start thinking angles. And so you got to think about stance. All right. So I know where I can, where I can access some space. I could probably do a really, really short stagger with a wider stance. And now I can start to create a chop that's going to be a little bit more almost in, in plane with the body, right? Because he doesn't have a big space out here, but I can create an angle that's going to start to promote some of the internal rotation that I'm going to need. Okay. Do you understand? Um, yeah, so partially. Think, okay. So I'm not going to chop like this. Yeah. Me. I'm not chopping like this. I'm going to chop like that. Okay. So it's a little bit more horizontal oblique axis. Remember? Okay. Leak yeah. axis. My stance is going to be a little bit wider and I'm going to stagger it just a little bit so I can internally rotate into inside of the base of support. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're seated, right? So, so take a little bit wider stance on your, on the floor with your feet. Yep. Take your right or left foot, put it slightly in front of the right foot. Yep. If the cable was right in front of you, it's just passing right in front of you. You're going to pull that cable into the the inside of that left foot. You see it? So 
towards okay. the front foot. Okay. Now, what's what's the problem with what you just showed me? I was way too disco. I need to go something more like that. It's not. It's not about that. It's not about that. Do, do what you just did. That. No. Right before that. That. Stop. Stop. Are your hands together? Yeah. Does he have that space? No. Okay. So what are you gonna do? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. What are you gonna right. do? Ah, uh, just spread. Monica. Monica's got attachment. it. I saw it. I saw it. Say it. Say it, Monica. Say it. Say it. Say it. Uh, you have to unmute so you can speak. <laughs> what are you gonna use? What are you gonna use? What tool? Um, the bar. The bar. There you go. Yeah. So the bar is gonna keep his hand spacing apart. So now you're actually you're actually training him in the spaces that he has available. Now, you want to talk about golf swing? Yes. Okay. So how do you get the ball from one place to another? Well, you have to make contact with the ball with the head of the glove. Okay. But let's, let's use the, the previous element of discussion. And then let's say, how do you move the ball from one place to another? Well, in our wave at impact. Okay. Keep going. How do you move the ball from one place to another? ER to IR to ER. Okay. How does the ball move? Well, force is transmitted to the ball and then the ball. So we have so we have to apply energy, right? So we have to, so the, the ball rests, it doesn't have any energy being applied to it. We have to apply energy to it, right? right. So all we're gonna do is we're gonna move energy from one place to another. Okay. Gotcha. And then how we do that, like I said, that's what promotes the shape change. That's what allows us to, to, to do what we see. We see the club move through space. We see the club make contact with the ball. There's our application of energy to ball. Now the ball is going to go wherever it goes, right? Okay. So then we have to be able to um, create the, the, the shape change. So I have, to, I have to take energy and I have to move it in one direction. I have to turn it around and I have to make it go in the other direction. Okay. Yeah. And so this is, this is just like any other form of propulsion. So a golf swing is propulsion. It follows the exact same rules. So when I say early propulsion, guess what happens at the beginning of a golf swing? Are we stuck? E ER. Okay. So on one side of your, if, if I'm stepping forward, let's just say I'm stepping forward with my right foot and my right foot lands on the ground. You understand the concept of early propulsion, right? Yes. Okay, what direction is the, what direction is the energy going? When I step forward, I land on my right foot. There's a force, right, that's being applied. What, what direction is the energy gonna go? It's in me, in me. Oh, it's going, it's going up into- uh, Awesome, yeah. cool. All right, so that's the front leg. Right? That's me stepping forward with my right foot. We're talking about the right side. Energy's going up. What about the left side? Yeah, that's where I'm applying hand. force into the ground. Oh, if you're applying force into the ground on the right? No. We already stepped forward with the right foot. What's my left foot doing? Well, it's it's moving through space, starting. I'm pushing, I'm pushing down into the ground with my left side. So so the left side of my body, the energy's going from me into the ground. Do you see the difference that's in the two sides? Yes. That's a golf swing. Okay. Except in golf swing, they say, oh, it's your backswing. 
Okay. So if I'm a right-handed golfer in a backswing, I use early propulsion on the right side. I use late propulsion on the left side to get the club into the top of the backswing. So that's what's creating the, the turn, the backswing. Yes, yeah. yes, because propulsion is turning. But there is a superimposing of IR um, at the end of the backswing and into transition. Yes, sir. So I guess where I'm lost is where does a wave come in there, Bill? As far How does as the energy go up to the to the top of the golf club? It's it's the wave propagating up through the system. There you go. That's exactly right. So is there, I know we talk a lot about IR waves. The, mm -hmm. Is there an ER wave? I mean, I, I know that's- Yeah. Okay. Can you talk me through so that? If I, if I go like this, so yeah. I'm going to draw it across the screen. Do you see the peak in the trough that I'm drawing on the, on the, okay. Peak, ER, trough, IR. Peak, ER, trough, IR. Now that's two-dimensional. I'm drawing a two-dimensional representation on the screen. We call it coordination. But, but what we're actually doing is we're coordinating shape change and energy transference. And then the outcome is, is what we see. Okay? Okay. And so anytime, so what we was, I was talking about the, the superimposition of, of, of IR on ER, right? I have to create an ER shape. That's what guides the energy because the ER is the expansion. There's no resistance to the, to the energy flow. So the ER is going to make sure that the energy goes in the right direction. The IR is the compression that's pushing, that's pushing the energy in the right direction. Okay. They work so together. Back to what you said earlier about destroying ourselves, destroying yes. the, the tissue. So when... Yes. When you have an ER space and the wave isn't propagated through that space, it stops there. That's when we can potentially have tissue destruction or so focal stress. Um, you, you ever treat a whiplash patient? Yes. Why did they get whiplash? The wave stopped in one area. Waves too, or the wave's too big. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So if I can't if I can't direct the wave, if I can't dissipate enough energy, if I can't direct it like from a coordinative standpoint to put it in the right place, okay? Um, Jen Marcello, uh, what's a Tommy John injury like a, like uh, when when they when they blow out an elbow? What do you think that is? A wave that's that's landing right at the elbow. <laughs> okay. Okay, but but here here here's here's the here's the kicker. It is an expansion that continues to expand beyond the capacity of the molecules to hold their position. Okay? Kapow. On one side of my body, I am I am you're ER'd on both sides. You understand that concept, right? Okay. So let's and you know enough about golf and backswings and stuff, we can say that, right? Okay. Yeah. So everybody's just hanging in there. If you're not a golfer, it's okay. It's just, it's, it's taking a step. It's rolling. It's the same stuff. Okay. 
So I have to create, I have to create a, a, a position that allows the energy to, to, that I'm going to take from the ground. So I do, a, as, as you transfer your weight, okay, um, from, from one foot to the other, as if you're taking a backswing on a right-handed golfer, there's a drop that takes place. That kicks a wave up from the ground. You have to uh, capture it in an ER representation so you can guide the wave. So it creates the turn. So the energy goes up in, in through your hands and into the club, right? So now the club's up here. You ever mm -hmm. see the club bend at the top of a backswing? Oh yeah. Yeah, why does it bend? Because there's energy going through it, okay. right? Yeah. And it's a wave, so it bends the, it bends the club, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Yeah. got it, right? I have to have a, a, a moment where I stop that energy, right? Okay. So there's, there's like a, there's like a little max P at the top where I actually have to stop it. Okay. Then I reverse the gears. Gotcha. Now I'm going to move towards an early representation on the lead leg, which would be the left leg in a right-handed golfer. And I'm going to be a, in a late representation on the right side. Okay. Yeah. There's a tremendous little max P right as your arms are parallel to the ground. Okay. That's where you're going to try to stop as much of the motion as possible. That's what translates more energy into the club head. Okay. Then you go into your, like your, your early representation, late representation for your follow through. Good morning. Happy Friday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, man, it's been a busy week. Always a tough week trying to catch up after vacation. Almost there. If you're waiting on a communication from me, please hang in there. Um, we will be getting to them as quickly as possible. Got a busy day today, so we're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. Uh, this is a question from Ian in regards to rolling. So there's still a lot of questions about rolling because I think there's a lot of confusion. Um, amongst a lot of people that are actually promoting it that don't quite have a full understanding of the principles that are, that are necessary to execute this effectively. Rolling very useful for those, those of you that don't do manual therapies, still trying to promote a shape change. So this is a, a very specific shape change that we're talking about in this question um, that Ian brings to the table from yesterday's uh, coffee and coaches conference call. And we're talking about creating a delay strategy on the downside of a roll. And uh, Ivan graciously volunteered to do a demo. So you're going to get a visual representation, a little bit of coaching as far as the cueing is necessary to create this, this delay strategy. So I think this is going to be a useful video for a lot of people, um, especially with all the confusion that is now being promoted. Um, rolling's nothing new, been around forever and ever and ever. Um, but again, this will give you some, some cues that I think are valuable. If you'd like to participate in a 15-minute consultation, please go to askbillhartman at gmail.com, askbillhartman at gmail.com. Put 15-minute consultation in the subject line so I don't delete it. We'll arrange that at our mutual convenience. Everybody have an outstanding weekend, and I will see you next week. I was thinking about rolling because of my highly compressed clientele the, the past few weeks. Uh -huh. uh, I wanted to to ask you about if I if I want to get early on some early propulsion on someone I would initiate a role. Let's say I'm supine. I want to initiate the role with the with the lower body with the with the leg, and I'll get the early representation on the top side. Okay, so 
you gotta you gotta understand where you are. Start from the side. Okay. 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 If I'm starting from the start side, from, start from laying on your side. Okay. If I initiate a step, if I was standing up instead of laying on my side, picture that. If I yeah. step forward with my, so let's say you're laying on your left side, you step forward with your right foot. That's Is the foot ahead of the body? Forward. Is the foot ahead yeah. of the body? Okay. So that would look like it's you're initiating a step, which would be like an early representation, right? So, so you're you're initiating the roll from the bottom up. You would have an early representation where, and again, same thing that we were just talking about with Brian, right? It would be representative of of the the energy Wave coming up upward yeah. from the foot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I but understand if I, that if I keep rolling in that direction, I'll I'll get late. Because I'll you, get the you have you because. have to because I you have to change shape to move through space. You understand yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. So so initiating a roll. Okay. So if I'm laying on my back and I'm initiating a roll to my left, guess what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to create an early representation of my axial skeleton in cross section. Right. I have to create yeah. a I have to create a, a a wave that goes that way across me. So I can initiate the role in that direction. Then I'm going to create an overcome on the right. Then I'm going to go to my side. And then if I step forward with my right foot, instead of leading with my arm, then it would be, again, it's an early representation. You just have to be able to see the shape changes as it occurs. Okay. Okay. And if I, if I really want to bias a person on, uh, on early on one side, let's say I'm right side lying, I'm stepping forward with my left. Yep. And like, because if I if I just let them uh, do what they want going back, uh, would I would I go back with the with the with the lower body or in my in my head I would go back with the with the shoulder first with the left shoulder. So if I'm if I'm lying on my side, I go I go forward with the left and then shoulder follows on the. Going back, I know there's no back, but should I follow with the with the shoulder to go back up to the sideline? Because that would be what's happening early. on the downside. It will it will start rolling after my shoulder goes back so, to it. So you have but to it's delaying. If you're trying to create an earlier representation on the right side and you're trying to maintain that to the greatest degree. Yeah. Okay. If you're laying on your side and you're moving very, very slowly. Yeah. The sensation from the ground up is where you want to focus your, your attention, not the top side. One second. All right. Have a great day. Um, All right. Yeah, because, because remember you're you're weighted into the ground. As soon as you weight yourself into the ground, and as soon as you lay on your side, you get an anterior posterior expansion capability. You understand that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I push the left shoulder forward, so so I started on my side, okay. And we're gonna talk about the we're gonna talk about the thorax. We're just gonna talk about the thorax, okay? So you're weighted on your right side, you push the left scapula forward. That's late. That's um, a later representation on the upside now correct? If I'm doing it very, very slowly, if I'm maintaining the expansion into the ground on the right side, that's going to create the delay strategy because it's not moving as fast as the top, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so as I move back to the starting position, okay, if I, if I emphasize the, the ground contact from the ground up, 
don't don't pull the left side back because if I pull the left side back, all I'm doing is doing a refrigerator roll and I'm going to face straight up. You understand yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. So what I have to do is I have to maintain the 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 pressure into the ground, the expansion into the ground, and slowly bring the expansion back from the ground upward. The, all right. You, you can't because if I if I pull the minute I try to pull the scapula back. Okay. All right. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. That's retraction. That's AP compression. That's scapular elevation. That's ER orientation, right? You see it? Yeah. 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 You got to look at where the pressures are. You got to look at where the expansion is because it's the shape that you're trying to acquire. All right. All right. right. Because I was was looking at it like I want to reverse engineer how I got there, but the if I want to go back to, to starting point with same um, sequence, I will compress the posterior scapula so, for sure. So let's 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 make a clarification statement before we walk away from this. Okay, you're laying on your right side. Okay, you you're you're pushing the left scapula forward, but you've got a delay strategy on the right side on the downside. Okay, so I'm compressing left scapula into the to the thorax to turn into the ground. Yeah. Okay. The expansion is now on the right side posterior. You understand that? Yeah. Okay. If I was going to roll back in the opposite direction that from where I started, so I'm going to go back to the starting position. What are you going to lead with? Are you going to lead with the right posterior rib cage? Or are you going to lead with the left posterior rib cage? I'm going to lead with the right. Absolutely. Because that you're trying to maintain the expansion, right? Yeah. And so the left side has to, for me to have a delay on that downside, the left side still has to stay ahead of the right as I'm rolling back into that position. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So my right will go. Yeah. Don't, you're not pushing it forward. You're trying to lead with it back. You're, you're trying to create an expansion, right? right. We're trying to move the, the, the fluid volume as close to the ground as possible on the right side. Oh, I see. I want to I wanna do like, like that. And then, yeah. Yeah, I see it. I see it. All right. All right. Helps. Helps a lot. Thank you. Bill, sorry for interrupting. Could you just show with your hands how uh, it would look? Because it's hard for me to visualize uh, the movement. How would you like to do it? I don't know. Just like no, no, no. How would you like to demonstrate it? What do you mean? Like lay down on the floor and and we'll demonstrate it. Okay, sure. Should I move my camera so you can see or? That, that would be really helpful if we actually see what yeah, you're doing sure. since, since you're the big demo now. Nice, some morning practice. I just hope you'll see it fine. So, so lay, lay with your head towards the camera. Okay. So head towards the camera. It's like, well, I wanna see the top of your head. Uh, so like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Just hold your hands out in front of you. Like this? Yeah, kind of let your head relax a little bit. Perfect. Okay. okay. Can everybody see that his shoulders are like relatively on top of one another? Okay. So we're going to say that he's perfectly on his side, even though he's not perfectly on his side. Okay. 
So all I want you to do, uh, uh, Ivan, is, is slide your uh, right, uh, left arm forward just a little bit. Okay, cool. So stop right there. Can everybody see that the left shoulder is now ahead of the right shoulder? Can everybody understand the fact that the right side is actually stuck to the ground? It's not moving forward. It's actually moving slower than the top side now. Cool. Okay. So Ivan, what I want you to do is get as heavy as you can into the floor on your right side. So like just total mush. So your head's going to have to let go and you're going to have to get, get totally mushy. Okay. Got it? Yep. Okay. Now. What I want you to, so feel where you're in contact with the ground on your right side. And then I want you to, to take the next centimeter that's off the floor behind you and push it onto the ground. Can you repeat that, please? On your right side. Okay. Okay. There's, there's part of you that's touching the floor. Okay. Okay. On your back. One centimeter above the floor, there is no physical contact with the floor, but I want you to touch that spot to the floor now. Okay. And then the next centimeter on the right side. And then the next centimeter on the right side. Now your hand's gonna start to slide back to where you started, but you're leading with the expansion on the right side of your rib cage. Do you understand? Oh yeah, I get it. I feel so we're it. keeping the left shoulder ahead of the right shoulder as you roll back so we can enhance the, expand, the expansion on the right side. And this would be coupled with inhale. Um, yeah, but what, when you're doing this kind of a, a roll that, that we're doing right now, you're just going to use quiet nasal breathing anyway. Okay. We don't want muscle activity to interfere. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. Okay. 